0: Hello everyone and welcome to Women Decode STEM Season 2. I am your host Neha Savanur and in this season I will be talking to entrepreneurs from around the world. These visionaries have remarkable journeys that they will be sharing with us. Ann is the founder of Nest Labs. She writes a weekly newsletter called Make a Mind which is a science-based newsletter for makers to practice self-care cultivate their curiosity and create. It has now extended into a community of creators, makers and entrepreneurs who get together to explore how to be productive while being mindful. Along with being an entrepreneur, she is also doing her master's in neuroscience at King's College in London. Today, we're going to be talking about her entrepreneurial journey so far and how makers can implement mindful productivity tips into their lifestyle. Hi Anlal. It's so good to have you on the show. Thanks so much for having me Nehal. So I know that you had a corporate job before you became a founder. So what was your thought process like while making this decision to switch? That wasn't easy because I actually really liked my job.
1: I was working at Google at the time and um, you know one of the biggest perks that you have when you work in such a company is the number of smart people that you have around you so i got every day to work with really creative intelligent people curious minds and it was such a pleasure to have all of these people around me so that was one thing that was difficult to leave behind the other one obviously uh, is just the stability of a corporate job where you don't necessarily have to worry as much about money and uh and about lots of different things that a big company takes care of you, like your healthcare, et cetera. All of that is managed for you when you work in such a big company. So, those were the two main things that I was worried about. But, um, you know, I, I really discovered it wasn't easy and it was a whole journey to get there, but you can actually rebuild these things for yourself. It's not as easy, obviously, but you can join communities you're a part of, where you can surround yourself again with smart and creative people uh, and when it comes to the stability uh, you can also recreate that for yourself if you manage to create a business that has some form of recurring revenue
0: yeah that makes a lot of sense so i know it's been a couple of years since you made this decision and you've started working for yourself so looking back today do you feel like uh you made the right decision or would you have done things differently it's always really hard to tell
1: because i can't really say where i would be if i had decided to stay at google versus taking the path that i i took the entrepreneurial path um i would yes there's lots of things that i would have done differently because this is how you learn and uh i think i would have probably given myself permission to follow my intuition a little bit more i know that many times in my business i read an article somewhere in TechCrunch saying that you need to do this this is how startups are being built and i applied it by the letter and then it didn't work because obviously my situation was a unique situation so that's a big thing that i would have loved to learn quicker and that now i know where my situation is unique and my intuition can also be good in terms of making decisions for for my business and um i think I would have been more proactive as well in terms of seeking help and finding the right people that can support me at the very beginning there's lots of things that i tried to do on my own and i did end up managing to do them but i think it would have been so much quicker so much easier and way less stressful if i had just found the right person to give me a hand uh for lots of different things and i could go on and on and on i made lots of mistakes and i'm really happy i made them because i don't think i would be where i am today if i didn't learn
0: it by myself i completely agree with that uh, it's so hard to actually ask for help when you're starting and you feel like you can do all of it on your own but uh, yeah i think i'm in that process now that where, where i feel like yeah i think i should be asking for help i can get to where i want faster and i can learn from someone else's mistake instead of making my own right absolutely yeah um so you said like i know that nest labs is not your first encounter with entrepreneurship right so what was like your previous experience like did that lead you to where you are today i had several experiences i had the very
1: first one that didn't go so well because as i said i was following these rules with uh, really trying to figure out exactly what was the right approach. And uh, so I I started a a startup and everyone was telling me, you need a co-founder. You absolutely need a co-founder. So I found a co-founder and that didn't work out because you don't create a co-founder at a thin air. You need trust. You need to have compatible working styles. You have to have the same vision, you had the same you know, amount of passion for the mission of the startup. There's lots of things that you need for two co-founders to be compatible, and we weren't. So we broke up, and that was the end of that startup. And I learned so much. Um, it was great. Uh, we you know, loved the the fact that we could still help lots of users, but we didn't take it to that next level of really building a startup over our several years. So that was the first time. And another business that I started uh was two years ago. I was completely different. That was a magazine and uh I was uh managing something like by at the end of it it was about 70 writers that were contributing content to it and uh and we had an editorial team we had people helping me manage the sponsorships and the partnerships that were the, that was the way the magazine was making money. Um, and that one I sold um last year um so and that was great and i sold it because i really wanted to focus on on my current work at nest labs and i was feeling like that was too much going on doing those two companies at the same time so that one i i sold so yeah two completely different stories and journeys with these companies
0: that's wonderful so what was your idea behind starting nest labs
1: i kind of st- Tumble upon. I didn't have like a big strategy for for Nest Labs, but after uh, I had uh, you know uh, finished like one of my business and I was not working on it anymore, I didn't really know what I wanted to work on. I didn't have a plan, I didn't know what my next steps were. So I decided to go back to the drawing board and think about what is something that I've always been curious and passionate about, and that even if money was not. Uh, part of the picture, I would still love to wake up every morning and work on this. And for me, that was the human mind, the brain. I've always been absolutely fascinated with how it works and how we think, how we feel, where ideas come from, how we make decisions. So I went back to school, to university, to study neuroscience at King's College in London. And I discovered something really interesting called the generation effect, which shows that Uh, One of the best ways to better understand and remember any type of complex information is to create your own version of it. So writing your own version of whatever you're trying to learn. And I started the blog one year ago for exactly that purpose. I would take whatever I was studying at uni and turn it into an article into my own words. And then I started adding more topics that were going further than what I was just studying at university. And to my surprise, the, the blog and the newsletter grew quite quickly. Uh, like now, one year later, it's about 19,000 subscribers to the the newsletter, which is pretty cool. Um, and so that's how Nest Labs was, was born, uh, out of my curiosity, wanting to learn and wanting to share that journey with other people. And I'm super grateful of the community that is now part of Nest Labs and who I learn from every day.
0: Yeah. You have a pretty dedicated following, I should say, Uh, me included. (laughs) Um, I first discovered your newsletter, and then now I'm part of your community as well, and I really love it. Um, I think it's necessary. This narrative is necessary for entrepreneurs because you see everybody is encouraging hustle culture, and I don't think that is the way forward. Like It's not sustainable in the long run, right? Your community is helping uh, me make that decision a lot. So, yeah. Thank you
1: for that. Absolutely. It's um it's something I always try to fight against. Uh, and there's so much of that out there where you see the hustle bros, I like this term, I find it funny, who tell you how they wake up at five a.m. in the morning and they go for a run and then they meditate for one hour and then uh they you know they, they do more work, they have meetings after meetings and And when you look at this, some people, some entrepreneurs or some engineers or creators may look at this and think, oh, wow, I'm I'm really bad at productivity because I can't do this. I haven't been doing this. So this is why I write in contrast. I write a lot about mindful productivity. And that's really the concept of, yes, being productive, but there's there is a smart way to go about it where you can do a lot of get a lot of work done, but also take care of your mental health at the same time.
0: That's true. As a new entrepreneur, I've had my struggles with productivity. At the beginning, I was so overwhelmed with the amount of information available on the internet that I was doing 10 different things at the same time. And sometimes I've, I felt like I was losing momentum and not making any progress with my work. Finding the right balance between making progress and being creative is what we all strive as makers. Um, Talking about productivity and uh, managing your work, like how do you organize your time uh, between like multiple things that you work on including your studies?
1: I'm a massive fan of time blocking, and not the crazy time blocking that I've seen some people do, where their whole calendar is filled with events that they're, you know, they're blocking for tasks. I, um, I do kind of like a mindful version of this, where I only block time for what is really important, for the things that I really want to get done during the week. In my case, for example, uh, the two, three main things for every week that I block time for. Or writing, studying, um, and uh, just kind of like self-reflection, mental health, like just blocking time to think. And that includes journaling for me and also a bit of planning and everything. And that's kind of the scaffolding that I have around my routine so I can make sure that I get things done without going crazy and feeling super busy. So yeah, time blocking is my secret i guess uh to to manage to to work on all of these different work streams that are quite different
0: without feeling like it's too much do you have like a a habit of writing every single day or do you have like dedicated times when you sit down and say okay this one hour slot i'm going to sit and write
1: so at the beginning of uh, every week i sit down and i block the the big chunks that are super important. Some of them are already in there because they're recurring. For example, I write every morning for an hour and a half. So that's in my calendar in any case. But then I will block, for example, time. If I have an exam coming up to work on specific modules, etc. Or if I have an important presentation to give or workshop to give to prepare the slides and get ready. So I block that in advance. And then every morning, Um, I start my day with just doing a short to-do list of the key things to do. And I always try to keep it very, very short because we roughly have, in terms of focused creative work, we roughly have four hours of that every day where you can really do proper creative work. And so I'm trying to be conscious of this and I keep that list quite short And then once I feel like my mental energy stores are completely empty, I just switch to what you could call mindless work, but it's just kind of answering some email admin stuff where I don't need to be fully focused and present. So that's kind of how I organize my time.
0: Anlar has written over 200 articles in the last year, and she's committed to sending her subscribers three new articles every single week. It is interesting to know what her workflow looks like from ideating to making notes on those ideas and producing an interesting article at the end.
1: Yeah, I, so there's, there's two parts to that question. So, um, first, yes, I, I do think that creativity is very often, uh, especially when we're a beginner at something more of a matter of quantity versus quality. So instead of being a perfectionist and publishing one article every month, I publish three articles every week. And seeing the reactions of people, I think it's, it's very interesting to see that some people will resonate more with one article, some others will find another one more useful to them. So I go with, I always try to, to write high quality content, but I will never spend one month polishing an article. I'll, I'll spend a few hours, do the research, publish it, and then I'll see what the feedback is i also telling myself that it's going to be three articles a week and that people can expect this in the newsletter forces me to be consistent. It's a forcing mechanism. And so instead of waiting for the inspiration to come, I'm like, okay, I have those three articles to write, so I'm just going to do it. So that's for the consistency and number of articles. In terms of sources of inspiration and how I manage to find ideas, I never wait until I'm sitting down in front of a blank scary page to find ideas I write ideas in my notes and on my phone all the time when I'm on the go when having conversations with friends if we're chatting casually you and I uh you know even having a drink or something I'll sometimes be like oh one second now like I need to write this down this is what you just said is super interesting I need to write it down and I do that all the time uh, if I walk on the street and all of a sudden I have an idea, I'll write it. If I'm listening to a podcast or reading a book, I'll write it. So I have this like during the day, this this increase this incremental list of ideas that I write just a couple of words very quick, so it doesn't take time. And then when I come back home, I sit down in front of my proper note-taking app. I personally use Roam, but I know some people use Notion or Evernote. Doesn't really matter. You just use whatever works for you. And I Uh, turn each of these ideas into a note and I add a little bit more meat to it because if I just put the two words and I look back at it three or four weeks later I will not remember what that was about so I just put a few more bullet points to kind of remember what the idea is about and then I have this yeah basically I call it a creativity inbox because I can just open it anytime I want to write and I can pick something interesting from there and turn it into an article, very often I will take two or three different notes and I will combine them together. So it creates an interesting article with three different angles around the same idea, for example. So yeah, that's my process, constantly generating ideas and storing them so I don't forget about them.
0: Okay, yeah, I should try that because I've been meaning to put out blogs for my uh, journey and what I'm working on and I just keep putting it off saying okay I'll do it later and then I never get to it so yeah I think I should time box and say okay every morning I'm gonna sit and write and probably try that in the future
1: yeah and uh, the trick is really to make it as easy as possible for yourself I think lots of people they get overwhelmed because they try to create a crazy note-taking system with lots of moving parts Uh, Mine is Google Keep on my phone, but you could use Apple Notes or whatever. And then I use Roam, but also you could use whatever for your longer notes. And that's it. Like, I think people are overdoing it sometimes. And this is also why it's hard to keep up with it. So make it as simple as you can. So it's not hard and it doesn't feel like a hassle to do. Yeah,
0: that is true. Because I have, I think, three or four applications that I use to put in all my thoughts. And then there's this whole scatter that, I just forget where i put the notes. So, yeah. Uh, this is something that you put out in a recent article, good stress and bad stress. So keeping that in mind, how would you say you can use the good stress to be productive, but not to put too much pressure on yourself to uh, you know, produce something?
1: Yeah, it's um, something that lots of people think that stress is necessarily a bad thing. Whereas it's, uh, it's just neutral. The word stress literally means your body's reaction to external stressors. And these stressors can be good or bad. And you know, they are good stressors. Um, for example, um, learning a new skill is a stress because you're literally, you're getting out of your comfort zone. You're learning something new. And instead of relying on your current knowledge, you're trying to acquire new knowledge, which is always hard for anyone who's, try to learn how to code how to play an instrument how to speak a new language they know this this strain that you feel at the beginning that makes it really hard to learn but that's good stress that just really means that you're growing you're in a phase of personal growth and so I think it's very important in in life to ask oneself whenever we feel this discomfort is it constructive discomfort is it positive stress that I'm feeling that is make because I'm growing or is it destructive uh, stress, the negative type of stress, where actually I'm just being anxious and I'm suffering through something that I may not have to go through. So yes, I I think anyone should try to add more good stress in their in their life, and that can be learning a new skill, that can be visiting a new city, uh, learning about a new culture, uh, making friends outside of your existing circle. There's lots of different ways you can add good stress to your life. And also try to manage the bad stress that you have.
0: Um, In terms of productivity, do you have any recommendations for entrepreneurs to keep in mind? Like, um, I would say first-time entrepreneurs who are doing this the first time. So they don't know exactly what they're doing and they just want to do everything. So how to be mindful while you start?
1: Yeah. Um, So... I, I agree with you that sometimes there's, it can be so overwhelming that we don't know where to start. So the key here is really to keep it simple and to experiment, but also to give time to whatever productivity strategy you're going to try. So let's say, for example, that you want to try something called interstitial journaling, which is something where you write in between all of your tasks. So you do something, and when you stop this task, you write how it went, what you're going to work on next, et cetera. So instead of journaling at the end of the day for one hour, you journal throughout the day. Let's say you want to try this. This is something I use myself and I know lots of people like it, but it doesn't mean that because it works for me, it will work for you. So you need to try it and see if that works for you. So you do that, you try it, you give it enough time, like two weeks. So you can actually see once you form the your habit, if that's helpful or not. And then you decide if you keep it or not. And if you keep it, uh, whether you keep it or not, you can start exploring another thing that you want to add in addition or maybe something to replace it. But really, it should be one experiment at a time and not 10 different productivity techniques at the same time, because then it's really hard to know what works and what doesn't. And I think uh, using, you know, thinking like, kind of a, like a scientist when you do these experiments is a good thing. When a scientist designs an experiment, they, um, they make sure to control their variables so they know exactly what they're looking at. So they're not going to test a thousand things at the same time. They test one or two things. Same with productivity techniques and strategy. Pick one or two, test them, see if they work or not for you. And then you decide if you want to keep them, maybe slightly modify them for your personal use case or just try something completely different because it's not for you.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I'm trying to do journaling every morning, but probably should try doing it throughout the day. That could be helpful. Um, One last question, like what is your vision with Nest Labs going forward? Do you have anything big planned for it or how do you want to take it forward? I still have the same
1: mission uh, that I had at the beginning. Uh, So I have this same personal mission, which is to keep on learning and growing. So that's my kind of personal selfish mission. The bigger mission um, for the community is to really help people be their most creative and most productive while taking care of their mental health. How I'm going to manage to achieve that. uh, I am not quite sure. And that's why it's called Nest Labs and it's a lab and I'm experimenting with lots of different things. I'm currently working on creating an online course that talks about mindful productivity and uh, you know, it's the same as I was mentioning earlier. whether it's going to work and be helpful to people and then then I may create more courses or maybe that's a mode of delivery that is not quite the right one. So we'll we'll see. And uh, so that's the medium
0: term. The course is what I'm working on. Long term, the mission is probably not going to change. Uh, And to the listeners, if you haven't subscribed to Nest Labs, I think that'll be really useful and it's a good read. So make sure you subscribe to Nest Labs. Thank you. Um, Before we let you go, I have a rapid-fire round for you. I have three questions for you. Are you ready? Yes. Okay, first question. Describe yourself in one word. Curious. Okay, second question. Your favorite book. How to Change Your Mind by Michael Pullen. Okay. Uh, Last question. What inspires you to get to work every morning? Connecting with interesting people. Awesome yeah that is it for the chat today thank you so much for being on the show anna thanks so much for having me that was great thank you so much for listening to women decode stem if you're new here please take a minute to subscribe to our podcast and leave a review on itunes it helps me get my message out to a wider audience all the social links to my guests are in the show notes I will talk to you next week. Until then, I hope you have a great day and the rest of the week ahead. Bye.